threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Well, ho, ho, ho to you, buddy. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Cam is so festive today. If you're I listening, know. you're missing out. Our clinic, we all wanted to go Christmassy sweaters. Oh, is that what it was? So the podcast gets the same benefit. I love it. Yeah. I'm nice. excited. It's really warm. You look great. Yeah, it's nice. Santa Claus has got them like 80 sunglasses on. It cost me five bucks to invest in this shirt. Worth every penny. Gift it keeps on giving. Yes, that's right. Cameron, welcome to the, the studio. Welcome to Casual Preppers. Thanks for having thank me. You, thank you today. for coming. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today, Cameron? Well, we usually do this podcast kind of in January, but yeah. we're like, let's get started on it. Mm. People are eager to be preppers. They are. So <laughs> I hope so. We want to do a podcast specifically kind of to the newbie mm-hmm. and a checklist of things to like focus on. We yeah. all have goals that are coming up for the new year. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just go through the basics of prepping? Mm-hmm. We're going to give you some checklists. Yeah. And get it done. Yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah. But first, I got to tell you about BattleBox. It is the monthly subscription box for men or women full of solid gear for adventure seekers, survivalists, outdoor enthusiasts, and casual preppers. Each month, BattleBox sends you the coolest selection of hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear, all valued at far more than what you normally pay. You never know what's in the next box, but here's a sampling of what users received this month. The ReadyWise American Red Cross 72-Hour Emergency Food Kit. That thing is huge. I like, love it. It's perfect. I, I just love Your when you get- Your prepping is like- Yes. A big goal is already done. It is. It's right there. Yeah. I love it when they send like the basics, the Me stuff, that, the meat and taters. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Also, the Eton FRX3 Multi-Powered Weather Alert Radio. This thing's this awesome. Is a good one. I did a video on this actually a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's a great weather radio, uh, emergency radio. Everybody has to have one, so- now Everyone you got one. needs one. Everyone needs one. All this badass badassness starts at just 30 bucks a month. They've shipped almost a million boxes and won Best Men's Subscription Box of 2017. Our listeners get a free knife when you sign up at trybattlebox.com slash preppers. That is trybattlebox.com slash preppers. Get your first battle box plus a free knife at trybattlebox.com slash preppers. Listener reviews starts now. If Christmas is disappointing, just mm-hmm. get yourself a battle box. It won't be disappointing anymore. It won't. Nope. Mm-mm. So, um, listener reviews, mm-hmm. this one was a joyous one. It was, yeah, <laughs> for sure. They make it awesome. Mm-hmm. Whistler Sparky Aaron. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> Whistler Sparky. That's what my mom calls me. Whistler Sparky Aaron, yeah. get on in here. <laughs> this is a great and lighthearted take on prepping. Cam and Kobe give great advice and don't take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. My family and I were on a road trip and stopped in Vernal for a night. I reached out to them for dinner advice and got it. The Mexican restaurant was excellent. Obviously, I didn't give this advice. No, no. And nobody turned into a diarrhea fountain. Stay survived. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, how does it feel to have eaten in a place... That, that we, all of my bodily fluids came out of. <laughs> that was the exact restaurant where Cam had his uh, his uh, little Attack. Whistler Sparky Fountain um, thing. Whatever it was. It was something. It was bad. It was like the death blossom. It was. Just spraying the, all over in there. The death blossom. <laughs> Uh, if you guys want to be a part of this portion of the podcast, go to iTunes, go to Facebook, go to the Kindle book on Amazon. Leave us a five-star review. 
and make it awesome. It's a mad, mad world. So, Cam, um, this is a crazy little story. Um, less prepperish, more hilarious. Uh, <laughs> this thing happened. So, a clown drives a limo past airport security, claims he has a bomb, and demands a plane to look for UFOs. Wow. <laughs> I mean... Hey, let's just combine a bunch of weird stuff all in I, You know, it's almost like somebody just like wrote a crazy article for fun, and it actually didn't happen, but it did happen. <laughs> Matthew Brannick was arrested earlier this week after he breached airport security in the Vegas International Airport. According to a wild story shared by Newsweek, Brannick drove through the airport security gates, parked his car next to a private plane. After exiting the vehicle, wearing a clown mask, he announced his intention to blow up the airport. Wow. Yeah, so after the employees fled, apparently he drove off only to later surrender to police. During this second encounter, he told authorities that he was the chosen one and that he needed to get a plane to get to Area 51 so he could look for UFOs. <laughs> and so, uh, All uh, right. <laughs> I would have let him. I know. It's like, dude, I don't, you got a plan? I think you just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Execute, buddy. You know what? <laughs> you know? We'll get you even your your, your frequent flyer miles. Yeah, too. let's go do on it. there, buddy. A, a funny thing is, is last month, or I think it, when was this? Was it last month? A while ago, he was the same guy that was driving um, a limousine on the Vegas Strip and was just doing donuts in a limousine and got arrested. <laughs> In a freaking limousine, dude. You should see it. It's crazy. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I wouldn't even be mad. No, like that takes skill. Like, dude, we need to hire you for a movie stunt like, driver. It's or like something. doing donuts in an eighteen wheeler. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not easy spinning that around. So, anyways, um, you just got to be careful if you're working, you know, airport security, or if you if you're renting out a limousine to people. Yeah, be careful because there's a lot of crazy. The world out there. is freaking. It's nuts. mad. Yeah. yeah. Um. In other news. Mm-hmm. Old Russia, no. they've got some cool things going on. Old right? trusty, old <laughs> old trusty. When it comes to Mad Mad World, yeah, that's like I say. I say it all the time. When I don't have any, a Mad Mad World, I just you just uh, type in Russia, Russia, and you're like boom, 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 usually boom, 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 comes boom, boom. up. Yep. Yeah, but um, we all know that they're uh, you know moving forces up close towards Ukraine, yeah. rushing up in there. Ru- Russian, Russian, Russian. Oh, I thought you said Russian. <laughs> Ru- Russian up in there. Yeah, uh huh. We're Russian. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the United States, you know, is like, back it off, yo, back yeah. it off. And Russia's like, this is not a preferred choice. We do not want this. We do not want war with Ukraine. But supposedly they're telling NATO, mm-hmm. you need to back off. You need to bring, you know, there shouldn't be any more activity on the Eastern front. And so Putin's like annoyed with that. And he said, there needs to be some agreements. Okay. And you guys need to basically take away all your defenses so that we can do whatever we want when we want to. Basically what he's saying. That makes a you lot know? of sense. So the, he's saying uh, NATO needs to back off, take all their missiles and everything away from the border, and they'll back off from Ukraine. Mm. Got to take their word for it. Yeah, you got it. They're pretty trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, that's a scary deal. And, you know, obviously uh, we're all kind of watching that because mm. it, all those wild cards. Freaking <laughs> I know. Russia, China. Uh, North Korea, it's just like at any moment they just be like, you know what, screw it, let's go. It's just like you need that one domino to go down. That's and it, it seems like the whole place is gonna yeah, so be a viral video, freaking terrifying you know? stuff, and mm. um, just all you know, history. This is the quietest time in history ever to go this long without war. Really, which is scary. Well, although we've been at war for in Afghanistan forever, right? right? But like a world war and like a, like a major yeah. world conflict. Mm. This is the yeah. longest we've gone without that, and that. 
just kind of makes it. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Let's destroy that record. Let's let's Tom Brady it. Yeah, put the record so high, no one's ever gonna get. Oh man, that's but anyways, kind of scary stuff. Thank you, Russia. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on that. So mad. We wanted to talk about a new prepping, new prepper checklist. So every year we try and do something near the the beginning of the year to help those people that are making those New Year's resolutions. I'm gonna start prepping. I'm gonna be more prepared. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this for my family and. We usually say this is for the new prepper, but you know what? This is great stuff for the old prepper that's it's sort of fallen off the good. wagon. You know what I mean? Like going through these notes, I'm yeah. like, hmm, I, I got a lot of areas I need to touch on. Again. Yeah. So we just think it's a great time at the beginning of the year to say, hey, let's re-up. Let's, let's, let's look at the things we need to do. Let's make a checklist. Yeah. And, and this is obviously great for that new prepper that hasn't a clue where to go or where to right. start. Right. Um, and so we said we're going to do that. Yeah. Right. It does. Um, it gets super overwhelming. It does. You talk about prepping. Mm-hmm. You hear all these episodes that are focused on a bug out bag and yep. you're like, well, was that all I need to be doing? Do mm-hmm. I need to be doing this? Yep. And, you know, so it, it does. It just gets like overwhelming and there's no like perfect plan that fits every beginning prepper. You're right. Yeah. So, but there are some very specific things that need to be the main focus. So Yeah, for sure. That's kind of so. where we were breaking that list in, like down to a, mm-hmm. a simpler level. Absolutely. We'll see how good I can word it. Doubt it's going to make it any Doubt it's going to make it. So let's start at the very beginning, and the a really good place for anybody to start, and even if you've started prepping already and you haven't done this, boy, this is a good thing to look at, a personal threat assessment. Yeah. Um, this, for me, is the best place to begin for anybody. Um, basically, it's a risk analysis, and it's going to help you identify several things. One one of the things is going to help you identify are, what are the, the biggest threats that are facing yeah. you, your family, your area. Well, I think that's a big reason why people don't even get into prepping, because exactly. they're just like, what are you prepping for? Yeah, like, they think know. that we're all prepping for, like, doomsday. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's not that's not what we're doing. That's not necessarily the case. Right. I mean, that is for some people. It's funner. For sure. And, it, yeah. like, it makes you feel way more prepared for mm-hmm. these other items you'll go over. Exactly. So this is going to help you identify those risks that um, are most um, risky. The most risky risks for you, right? And this is risky for you personally. Business. For you personally, for where you live. It's going to help me? you. If yes. <laughs> well, if you're doing it, it's going to be for you personally. It's going to help you identify those threats. It's going to help you calculate the risk on each of those. It's going to help you rank and sort these risks. And then you're going to you know, make some mitigation tactics for all yeah. of these risks. I mean, it makes... So much sense, but a lot of people don't do it when they start prepping. No. They're just like, ah, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And I get it because it's fun to just start buying shit and go nuts. Right. But uh, this is a really great place to start because it tells you exactly the things you need to be preparing for. Yeah. So this is going to help you prioritize as you begin this preparedness process. Where should you start? Where should you put your efforts? Where should you put less efforts? You know, and how should you mitigate these risks? Yeah. Um, it will help you rank the risks by probability and severity. So that's the thing. Like, which ones are most likely to happen? Right. And then which ones are going to be the most severe if they do happen, right? So you got to look at two different categories there. Um, there's a whole bunch of basic templates that you can find online to help you do this, but you don't even necessarily need a template. You can just start writing this stuff down. Yeah. Um, start brainstorming with your family. So here are some of the categories to consider as you're Maybe writing there's down. a survey going around Maybe there in is. your neighborhood. MPP or something like that. Go ahead and fill it out. Who knows? <laughs> so the first one um, that many people don't think about when they start prepping is personal health. No. <laughs> they don't. They never do. They don't. So do you have a chronic disease? If you do, I'm sorry because that sucks. Yeah. But 
that has to be high on your priority list when it comes to prepping. Are you on a daily med? Yeah. That, you know, are you overall healthy? And this one could just be like, do you feel healthy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a hard question to answer, but you need to ask that question. Do you work out regularly? Do you require any special medical treatments on a, on a you know, regular basis, whatever that might be? Yeah. So you kind of just have to go, <clears throat> I'm going to look at my personal health. I'm going to write down these things that are affecting me. And, you know, that goes into your risk assessment. Yeah. Right there. It's right? like, seriously, the people that are, that are coming into the clinic mm-hmm. once a month or more, I'm like, come on, great. this is not going to work out for you long run. It's not great. Like, right? You're not learning anything about how to take, like there's some things that are chronic and yeah. need to be seen or they're on a medicine that can only be distributed, you know, Monthly. 30 days. Yeah. And, but for the most part, even that, you just got to think about like, what can I do to change to not be so dependent yeah. on our medical system? Like, yeah. cause it will fall apart yeah, and guarantee will. you, like <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do is not go to work. Yes. After it's completely overwhelming. Exactly. And we're going to talk more about this later, but that's that's the first section to think about in this risk assessment. The second one is finances. Again, another one that people don't think about as they start prepping. You know, are you living paycheck to paycheck? Mm. We're going to talk about this more later, but oh boy, that's going to be a rough go for you. Yeah. Especially if you're going to start prepping. Do you have an emergency fund? Most people don't. No. I think the statistics are not great when yeah. it comes to the United States. And, and we'll talk about that emergency fund yep. a little bit more. But yep. yeah, exactly. like even somebody I work with, like the checks didn't go in because of a holiday. Uh-huh. And they were like all freaking out because they're like, well, you what know, am I, I base do? my rent. And I'm like, mm, you're in great. a tough spot yeah, already. That's not good. Like, it doesn't even matter if you get that check. It's like they yeah. said with the COVID relief. It's like if you're depending on that, you're in trouble already. Yeah. By like, far. Yeah, it's not going to get you. Anywhere. It's not. Yeah, it's bad. Apparently, it's, it looks like it's getting somebody everywhere. Like nobody's. But it's anyway. scary. It's a very scary thing to be living paycheck to paycheck. So you need to look at that and assess that as part of this risk assessment. Do you have cash on hand? Are you preparing for retirement in some way, shape, or form? You have to. You have to. And I hate it. No, nope, I do too. Like it terrifies me. Yes. Is your credit good? Yeah. Because that might come into play somewhere. You know what I mean? Is your employment stable? That's another thing. People are going from job to job. Oh boy, that's a tough thing. So, <clears throat> look at your finances. I need some cigarettes and some insulin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your credit score? Oh shoot, you're gonna get half. Three hundred. Uh, is that half good? A pack. Yeah. <laughs> so, look at your finances. Um, that is part of this risk assessment. Natural disasters slash geography. You know what natural disasters are prevalent in your area, and this should be probably obvious. This is one of the first things most people think about when they're doing this risk assessment. Yeah. You know, do you live in California? You need to be worried about droughts, wildfires, and earthquakes. And people. And, and yeah, people. <laughs> and high taxes and all that kind of stuff. And, and homeless people. And then if you're living yeah. in Florida, you're going to be thinking Same about- things. You know, hurricanes. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> you're going to be thinking about hurricanes. Yeah. If you're living in Montana, it's blizzards. It's cold weather. It's, you know what I mean? So what natural disasters are prevalent in your area? Do you live in Tornado Alley? Then it's tornadoes, right? So look at those things, which are most likely, which are possible- because a lot of things you don't think are possible actually kind of are. Yeah. I, I, you don't think the tornadoes in Utah are possible, but they happen. Yeah. And they've they happened do. in our lifetime, right? So you have to think about those. Do you live... Even even if it isn't a perfect-looking tornado, yeah. that wind will just rip We don't through. care what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. The wind the does wind the damage just proofs. the same. Yeah. yeah. Do you live near a nuclear power plant? That, again, goes back to your geography. Do you live near a, nu- a military facility? Mm-hmm. 
Both of those things can uh, add into this risk assessment, so you need to look at those. Uh, then we go to transportation. Do you have a long commute to work? Is your vehicle in good shape? Are you regularly driving in inclement weather? Do you have a backup transportation options? Again, these are all things that you're going to be preparing for. As a prepper, you have to think about the everyday issues that are going to come up. Come up. <clears throat> I can't talk today. Sorry. Um, home and home ben security. Night, <laughs> Is crime an issue in your area? Do you have a home security plan or a personal security plan? Do you have smoke alarms, extinguishers? Are you prepared for power outages? Again, your home is your sanctuary, uh, so you have to make sure that it is secure and that you're prepared at the house. Uh, Cybersecurity, what is your online presence like? Are you vulnerable to cyber attacks? Probably, you know what I mean? Probably are in some way. And then you can look at these other possible large-scale events like civil unrest, pandemics, economic collapse, asteroidal impact, World War III, EMPs, yeah. all the big stuff, right? Yeah. And so those need to come into it as well. Like I did... Um, we're going to talk about emergency plan next, but when you do an emergency plan, you do this kind of a basic risk assessment as you're filling it out. I didn't have pandemic on there. And then I, I went back and looked at it. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, why didn't I have that on there? I have to think about that because, of course, we're going through it now. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't something that yeah, I had on like the list. Living it. Yeah, you're living I it. I ain't worried know? about it anymore. Yeah. So, um, a, a personal threat assessment, a personal risk assessment that is a really great place to start because it gives you that jumping off point. Okay, here are the things that I, that will probably happen to me if something does happen. So here's the things I need to start working on, right? And so then you move on and after you do that, you got to get into that emergency plan. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of a, of a family emergency plan and it uh, is a great initial step into prepping. I've talked about it a million times, but it's super critical. After you've done this threat assessment, the emergency plan will help you plan for whatever these emergencies are, right? You will use your threat assessment information. It will help you and your family to know what action items you each have during these emergencies, whatever the emergency is going to be. I really like the one from Red Cross, but there's a there's like a hundred of them you can find online. You're just you're gonna put in the information of the things that might happen to you and you're gonna say, okay, this person's gonna do this. This is how we're gonna this is where we're going to meet. This is how we're going to contact each other. Um, this is the action items that Cam has. This is the action items that Tawny has. You know what I mean? And you go out and you're going to do it. So emergency plan is a great next step after that first threat assessment. Yeah. Okay. No, like if if you eat, only ever get to just that part of yeah. taking your personal threat assessment, mm -hmm. like um, that is so far ahead of everybody else. It is. And then having that plan. Because, because the thing is, when, when it goes down, yeah, you don't know what to do. No. But at least you have... Everybody goes into like a panic mode yeah. and scared. Even those, like being prepped when we mm -hmm. had the pandemic start, like we were nervous. We were like, what do we do? Do we go to the store real quick yeah. and top off our items? And what, what you know, the store looks like it's going to get cleared out. Do I have enough pantry items? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's huge. And things come together after you mm -hmm. get this in place and know like what are, what are going to be the most likely things you're going to experience. So, and it's amazing. Like the peace of mind I get knowing that my kids have one of these in their backpacks. Yeah. So if something does happen when they're at school yeah, and they go, Oh crap, what do we do? At least they have that. Seriously. They have one thing they can look at and then we can go, okay, let's go look at ours. What are the kids most likely to do if we can't get in touch with them? Right. You know what I mean? They, I at know. least they have something. We need to go over it again with my family. Cause I'm yeah, like I thinking we're, 
three quarters of the day I'm not with my family. Yep. Like exactly. So when an event happens, some emergency, I'm going to be away from my family. Yeah. And hope I can get back as quick as possible. And you hope that there's communication methods to get yeah. in touch with them, but you don't know. So it's like right? huge. You got to go over that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, now getting into like some of the basic things to get together, um, to start putting together mm-hmm. to to support that plan that you've come up with. The first thing is, you know, obviously what keeps me alive, food and water. Mm-hmm. And how do I, how much do I get of that? Like, that's where it gets a little bit fuzzy. Cause you're just like, I can get all this, like mm-hmm. how long it gets really detailed, but the, probably the most important thing anybody can do right now. And most of you should already have done this, but is have a 72 hour kit. Yeah. That's one of the like biggest things that it's surprising how many people don't really have that. Yes. You have like food in the fridge and things like that. And you may get by without having a, like nicely prepared 72 hour kit. But the benefit to having the kit is mm-hmm. that it's portable. Yeah. It's one you can grab and pick up, throw in your truck or it's just, it's there. It's not touched. You know what it's, what it, and you know, what's all there. And if you're missing any supplies, like, so you need to put together at least a 72 hour kit. If you have that, man, you're going to get through 99% I know. of any That's three, issue that comes three up. Three days that yeah. most things resolve mm-hmm. or most severe things kind of calm down or resolve, yep. you know, get put, like you start putting things back together. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other, the next step beyond that, and probably the best overall advice for a family is to work hard on getting a two week worth of food and water. Mm-hmm. Basically expand your, have your 72 hour kit, and then start another kit that's going to be a two week worth. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume your seventy two hours part of that two week plan. I would have a yeah, full seventy two hour for sure. That's portable. That's ready. That's that's stored away. Mm-hmm. And then you start a new plan that is full two weeks. And that's a lot. Like my family, that's seventy gallons of water, yeah. hundred to one hundred forty thousand calories. Oh man, it's a lot. So like it gets more detailed. Mm-hmm. But the seventy two hour kit, you can do that in a day. You yeah. can do that in, in less than an hour if you just break down the things that you for need sure. to stay alive for 72 hours. A two-week kit's going to take a lot more money. It's going to take a lot more time to, mm-hmm. to figure out. And so um, just the basics of that is focus on the 72-hour kit, food and water, and you know meds if you need them, things like that. And then go to that two-week mm-hmm. of food and water for your family. How many family members? You need a gallon per day. We'll go into that. But um, And then you want... To just be comfortable to where you don't need to leave your home. It's two weeks that you can stay at home safe and be able to just yeah. live off from the food and water that you have. And we'll go into the items that are going to be in yeah, part of this. But for two sure. weeks yeah. is ahead of everybody. You're ahead like, of everybody. And and again, you don't have to get this January 1st. No. Go out and purchase it all. No. Take some time. Do it to where, again, financially it works for you. Yeah. And that you, you don't just get into debt first week of January exactly. to make this stuff happen. Do exactly. it slow. Yeah. Right? That's your second biggest goal. Yeah. Num- number one, I mean, you can get these 72-hour kits. We got one in BattleBox. Like, exactly. it's already put up, it's yeah. already set up for enough food for one person. You want to make a 72-hour kit for all of your family. For members. everybody. Yep. So, perfect. Those are the first two big I things. I love that. Okay, now we're going to move on to one of the hardest, uh, the for general sure. health for and sure. fitness. And, and, and we're going to put self-defense in here as well because... Fitness and health, they're they're so critical, but they just they get overlooked so often. Being healthy and physically fit is gonna help you to be more prepared, but it's also gonna improve almost every other aspect of your everyday life. This isn't just pre- prepping, this is gonna be better for you 
every single this day. This is a retirement plan. Exactly. <laughs> it, it is. You're, you're so right. Because like you can't, you really can't be a good prepper. You can't be completely prepared if you're not healthy or physically fit. You just nothing can't. will go. No, you're done. Yeah, dead so, in the water before it even. Starts. So you have to start looking at this. And look, this doesn't mean that you need to be this obsessed CrossFit champion no. or like the vegan food nutritionist YouTube influencer. <laughs> you know that's that's only eating vegetables. You just you got to get some, right. some basic fitness. And some basic and it doesn't nutrition. also mean like I feel like I fall into the category of like I don't have any physical problems. I right. don't have any health issues, mm-hmm. but I have a hard time exercising. Sure. And yeah. that is going to kill me. It's going to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. And so you just have to have some basic fitness and some basic nutrition. Like don't make it hard. Make it easy on yourself because, you know, an SHTF event occurs. If you can't walk a mile with a pack. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, but it's going to be very hard to survive right. if it's a bad situation. Yeah. Like, yeah, if, if it's, you know, if it's a power outage, if it's, a um, something where the, your vehicles are rendered unoperable, I mean, yeah. it's going to be really, really hard either way. So you have to be somewhat healthy and somewhat uh, in shape. Yeah. I um, still remember one eye opener and obviously not a big enough eye opener. Like I, tr- I tried to do some exercise things here and there. I need to, I need to set a better plan, which I'm yeah. going to get together. But, um. When we were living in Washington, my wife, we had one son at that point. Mm-hmm. She she got on a bus. So we, we parked it because we were going to the airport. Mm-hmm. We parked the car. She got on the bus. And I'm like, I'm going to get the car, take the car back to the apartment. I'm going to run, catch the bus. Yeah. I didn't make it. You didn't make it. Because yeah. I didn't have the physical, like, yeah. I was out of breath. And I'm like, how terrifying <laughs> that I let her go yeah. on her own with my son. And I couldn't make it because I hadn't been yeah. physically. All I needed to do was jog steadily. Yeah. For like 10 minutes and I, I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I was like sick to my stomach about it. And I, I always think back about that of like, yeah. what if there's an event that, you know, a family member's not too far away and you need to get there quick and you can't, you're winded. And it, How depressing would that be? It, it, it is so varied the situations you can get yourself into. Like I, this something. Like me and you had to walk home like yeah. briskly. Yeah. It would be tough for me. For sure. Yeah. Well, I was, I think I was like 16 or something. I was elk hunting with my grandpa and it was snowing. It was bad. We got a little bit lost. So obviously first thing, horrible prepper. I got lost, but we were out in the middle of nowhere, you know, in the mountains and it started getting dark and my grandpa's like, okay, we're going to have to find a road and we're going to have to start running because we got it. We got to stay going. We got to stay moving. Um, and we got to worse, like the storm's going to worse. Cause if, yeah. Cause if we stay here, we're going to be in trouble. And so I, we seriously had to run for two hours. Oh man. Um, luckily I was in enough shape and my grandpa, you were younger. I was younger and my grandpa has just always been kind of a beast, you know, and we made it. We finally found somebody and we found my dad. They were out looking at for us on horses, you know, and they found us and we were okay. But again, if I was a fat, lazy, just turd, an event like that. Yeah. Simple as like everyday life. Yeah. Like stuff happens. And yeah. so being somewhat prepared for that and being healthy enough is a huge deal. It really is. And again, being unhealthy is a daily risk. It's not just for prepping. Every day your medical bills can rack up. You can feel sick and tired all the time. And you you can't prep when you feel like crap. You can't be prepared, right? So thinking about that, um, this is a really hard one, but doing your best to get rid of avoidable or preventable diseases. Yeah. Um, so that's things like obesity. You know, there's some very reversible health problems I deal with on a daily basis. Diabetes, hypertension. I get it. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. 
Like really, you're born as a type one. Yeah, sorry, that's yeah, that's a difficult thing to work around. But even I've found like hypertension is hard. Like it just runs in my family. Yeah, yeah. It's, like you would, if you looked at me, you wouldn't think I'd have high blood pressure, but nope. I just do. So you have to figure out like, do I need meds? What do I have to do exercise wise to do your best to get yeah. rid of it? Most of the time, you can though. You yeah. can lose the weight. You can exercise, and that hypertension kind of goes just yeah. goes away, right? You start eating better. So. Do your best to do that. Um, you know, eating healthy foods, getting good sleep, regular exercise. Drink all, a monster once. Drink a monster once a week at least. <laughs> um, your body just needs to be ready to take on the stress of an emergency situation. So make a plan, make it simple, and make it achievable. Don't, like I said, don't say I'm going to go from zero to CrossFit champion this year. Yeah, don't do that. And that's what I usually do. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. go back to running that seven minute mile mm, that I yeah. used to, and you know, good luck. Yeah, and good luck. Like, I can't do it. I can't build up to it. I'm so done. I'm going to go eat Doritos and I'm going to go watch television. <laughs> yeah. So for working out, you know, find something you enjoy if you can. That's the first thing. If you enjoy it, it's going to be a thousand times easier. Yeah. If you hate running, if you absolutely hate running, no, do. don't do running. Yeah. Do something else. Um, if you can find a buddy, because buddies, they check up on you. They do. You know what I mean? They or, push you. Or if they text you, say, hey, we're going. We're yeah. going to go do this. Yeah. Okay. It helps. Um. And, and then also, as you're doing this, remember, work on strength, mobility, and stamina. You you don't want to, like, again, these are these guys that are just like, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to get through yeah. the apocalypse. Okay, you can be as strong as yep. you want. I'm going to do, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to do, like, <laughs> three reps of, like, you know, four, yeah. Yeah. You're just going to, like, or four sets mm -hmm. of heavy weights. Like, you've yeah. got to build the endurance, too. Yeah. I like to weight lift. That's, like probably my favorite exercise mm -hmm. but i hate yeah. gyms because yeah. i hate all the like, i agree yeah you know meatheads yep and i'm like um but the big thing is like you know you just pump out tons with yeah. low weight and yeah. then you also switch it up and do some strength training there's just different ways like you said i like yeah. the fact that you're not like like everybody thinks it's got to be running yeah. or jogging and it, it doesn't. doesn't absolutely like, not stationary bikes swimming there's a lot of different things you can do but yeah you cross know, it up. I see this so much. Guys come into the to the jujitsu gym and they're just jacked. Yeah, they just you're like, oh crap, that dude is big. Like, their arms off. are three times my size, right? <laughs> yeah. They burn out in thirty seconds yeah. and they're tapped out. Yep. By me, the little skinny dude that looks like I couldn't hurt. Yeah. So they're done <laughs> in thirty seconds. It's a terrifying thing. It's it, and it's just like knowing, you know. But like again, you want to look at all the different aspects: right. stamina. But it's yeah. like you, like you were, like you were getting into, like mm -hmm. knowing how to like conserve energy. Yeah. Like when I was in that mode of like, yeah. I got to run to the bus. Like I was panicky. You were, yeah. And I was like, I sprinted too fast, too soon. Yep. And I didn't keep a steady pace. Like you just make stupid decisions. You do, yeah. So you gotta yep. gotta train. Yep. And you know, get rid of those um, bad habits: smoking, chewing, vaping. The 294 ounce daily sodas. Yeah. Ah, those aren't great. So <laughs> oh. look at those, you know, get rid of those, you know, consider vitamins and supplements. And then again, we said we're going to add some stuff. And yes, we're saying this with this, you know, I know people are going to come out, ooh, sure. energy drink for this is our once a week. This is our once cigar. a week zero sugar, <laughs> you know, thing that we do. And it, again, all things in moderation. It's okay yeah. Yeah. to have a soda, but don't make it a daily 4,000 ounce gonna, soda. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. So again, Consider vitamins and supplements because those can help you as well. And then we're going to add some self-defense in here because it kind of feels like it fits in this category. It does. No, you have to. Yeah. So it's a critical part of staying safe every single day. You know, once you get into a high-stress, emotional, emergency situation, people get crazy. They they don't they're, – they're scared. They're stressed out. They have all this anxiety. And this is when people start to, like, 
do weird things that they wouldn't normally do, which is like attack somebody over no reason whatsoever, yeah. like in in line trying to get some fuel or something like that, right? So you need to be ready for that, and that comes back to being health, healthy and fit, but also understanding the basics of self-defense in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so no, I agree. Find a way to um, learn some of these basics um, and then repeat the training as often as you can. A lot of people think, like, oh, I took a self-defense class in 2001. I'm good, right? right? No, you're not. Right. You're not good. Right. You're not good at all, actually. You need to do this as often as you possibly can because you'll lose it yeah. so fast. So, um, you know, look into that. Um, repeat it as, as much as you can. And then you can also look into self-defense weapons as well. I'm not going to get much into that, yeah. but that's a piece of it, right? Yeah. So okay, be healthy. Um, be um, Learn some self-defense. Okay. Self-defense weapons. Yeah. yeah, five, five, six. But no, it, like even in the two times that I rolled, the mm-hmm. first time, like, I was, I was, like, empty, yeah. like, within a minute. Sure. And I knew I couldn't do it that hard that fast. Yeah. And I just kind of took my time. I still, I mean, I still got rocked. And, sure, but you but, learned something. But I was, that was the one thing, I was like, I'm going to be smarter about my moves and uh-huh. a little bit more methodical. And it made a huge difference. Yeah. You know, and I could see over time, just keep, you keep doing that. Obviously, you learn and you get, to and conserve you, your energy. You get in that situation, you know what it feels like. Yeah. If nobody's ever been in a fight before and they start getting somebody on top of them, they flip out. They yeah. don't know what to do. They right. start flailing. Can, but if yeah. you've been there a million I times, would too. Yeah. You, you conserve your energy, you, you, you know, you cover yourself and you do the things you need to do and then you're yeah. fine. Right. Yeah. No, so I think that's why it just yeah. takes time. Um, so now on to like the, the things you hear the most, mm-hmm. um, the water, Yeah, you know, you've got to have water. You can't go like three days without it. Mm-hmm. It's crucial. It's life saving. And so, and it's one of the hardest things to store it's because so hard, it's dude. bulky. You have to have a huge, um, container for it. And then you have to, you know, kind of make sure that it's, properly stored so it's not getting contaminated well and then some people when you look at it as you're starting prepping you're like well i don't need water like that's not a big deal like it just comes out of the tap yeah so it's it's also like learning like why am i storing this water because holy crap it's so critical living yeah living with the conveniences that we have make it seem yes not a priority absolutely at all because like it's around us it's everywhere there's rain there's snow Uh uh-huh no it's going to be the biggest problem for most Mm -hmm. um and so, the average person uses 101 gallons per day. That's, that's a lot you know, of water. You think you're drinking, but that's like washing. Yeah. You know, that's taking showers, baths, mm-hmm. um, just filling up a cup. I take drinking like half the three showers out. a day. Yeah. So we use a lot of water, so yeah. we're dependent on it, and so we don't realize mm-hmm. the importance of it. When it comes to a critical period where you're trying to conserve, the goal is a gallon per person per day. Yeah. And that's roughly 15 uh, gallons per person for that two-week supply. That's a lot. 15, five, that's 70 gallons for my family. That's a lot of water. Those get, those, I have two of those big blue things, and they're 55 a mm-hmm. piece. So it sucks. That huge one single 55-gallon isn't enough for two weeks. For one person. It freaks me out, yeah. man. It's so much water. I know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you've got to really have a planned strategy mm-hmm. here. So- the steps to start with water supply is calculate what you need for your family per day. That's one gallon per day for however many members. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to get the blue jug. Like no. you've got, like you can get those dollar store gallons and store them safely. You want to store them off from the cement and you want to um, make sure that you 
have ways to also deal with the water that's typically still, like if it's still coming to your house, that's yeah. great. If it could possibly be contaminated and it's a boil order or whatever, yeah. you want to have means to do that. Having filters is extremely important. Like people always say, well, you know, what if they poison the water supply? Yeah, okay. Just have, you yeah, know, uh-huh. whatever. Have alternative ways yeah. to use, store, and then in case you don't even know, like, did I store this properly? You can always boil it and you can mm-hmm. filter it and have yeah. backup ways to use that water. But this that those are the basic things with water is mm-hmm. like focus on the one gallon per person. And if it if it means getting, you know, 25 cases of the individual mm-hmm. bottles, That's do it. Do. Yeah. Who cares? Just get something going and work towards a bigger two-week supply of, you know, a lot of water. So. Yeah. I mean, again, like Cam said, start with the 72 hours. And then yeah. move on to the two weeks. Yeah. And then just keep expanding. Yeah. As, Every time you, you go can. to the grocery store, maybe throw in a yeah. gallon jug yeah. each time. So. Don't make it don't make it too hard on yourself. No. Make it as easy as yeah. you can. And don't like I know it's important to know like, well, how much chlorine do I need to put in the like that gets it to a point to where you're just like probably not going to store your water. Who cares? Just grab it, yeah. store it, and you can look back and say, Well, I'm a little unsure of how well I stored this. Fine. Then you just boil it yep. or you filter it or you know. Yep, just have exactly. all the ways to prepare and keep the water safe. So yeah. So then after water, the next one, and the thing that usually people start with is food. That's where they're like, oh, I got to have the food. Right, right, right. And you do. You're right. But a lot of times when they start prepping, they, they go directly to that 25-year shelf life. This is what I need. Yeah. Right? And that's not necessarily true, to be honest. What I would do if I was starting over again, I would start with my pantry in my That's the thing food. I regret before the pandemic yeah. is not having all of that like yes. organized mm-hmm. and steady. Yes, you don't need to start with that twenty-five year shelf life. If you get, if you do, if you want to, if you find a deal, great. Get it. It's, yeah. You're not going yeah. to be in a bad spot. But for the that. stuff that's going to be the most helpful is that getting that. 72 hour to two week supply of that regular non perishable pantry and freezer food, canned goods, you know, stuff that you eat all of the time. Yeah. Just have a more of it at your house. This is, I mean, because if you have to stay home, that's the stuff you're going to want to eat. Yeah. You know, if you can't leave the house and then just rotate that out as you consume it. And then it becomes something that like doesn't cost you anything right. after a while. It's well, just, how many of those 25 year shelf lives have you tested? A few. Would you eat, would you love to eat any of them? No. Regularly. No. No, no, no you I wouldn't either. So it's like you want to have that fresher stuff, like yes. you said. So yeah, because 99% of situations, that's what you're gonna be eating. Right. You're not you're not gonna get into that 25 year shelf life yeah. unless there is a large SHTF event that really screws stuff up, yeah. which hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Okay. And you want to delay having to be relying on that yes. as long as possible because yep. none of it's the greatest food in the world. Exactly. If you don't have a large freezer, work to purchase one. Work on that as a, as a yeah. as a goal because that is a huge asset to a prepper because that is like to me the thing that makes me happier than anything as a prepper is to have that freezer full of food. Me too. It's perfect. Um, so just, and then you can, you got that two week supply. Now, okay, I'm going to start buying some 25 year shelf yeah. life to, to, to help. Yeah. Right. So start with the food, start small, start with the stuff you do all the time, pantry, freezer, canned goods. Yeah, 100% agree. Like it. So this time of year, we're all going online, we're shopping, we're doing a lot of... I'm trying to get me one of them sweaters. We're certain, yeah, we're searching for toys that maybe your kid wanted. Yeah. You're spending a lot of time online, and the pandemic has pushed us online more. And they have, yeah. we're not safe on there. Mm-mm. You're vulnerable, just like you are out in the park always vulnerable always vulnerable mm-hmm. but there's a way you can protect yourself mm-hmm. if you get surf shark it's a vpn 
that makes you basically undetectable online. Yes. Nobody, no one can trace back to your IP because they are, you connect to their servers and everything has to go through them and they yeah. keep you safe. Go gray man online and it protects you from malware, you know, clicks on ads, emails. And the thing that's nice is you can add an additional service that'll detect if your email password is is uh, leaked. And it will get leaked. Yeah, it will. You get, like <laughs> no every six months, it. you should be changing yeah. even less than that. But the thing I like about it is if you don't really understand VPNs and mm. you don't know what Surf, Surfshark is, you can try it for 30 days for yeah. free. That's awesome. Yes. And I like that their subscription covers every single device that you own. Mm-hmm. If it goes on the internet, Surfshark is probably going to protect it. Yep. And you can even set it up on your router so you don't have to keep using the app. Mm-hmm. But the app is like as clean and simple as they come. Oh, yeah, it's super And easy. it has a kill switch. If you lose connection to their server, it'll stop your internet so you're not just browsing naked. Yeah, you don't want to You do might that. be doing that anyway, but you want to be protected. You still want to be protected. So anyways, it will. you can get this for less than 60 bucks, and it'll mm-hmm. give you 27 full months of protection. That's a long time. Fully refundable if you don't use it, you don't find it's useful to you. But I'm telling you, like 221 a month, is going to protect that information yeah. that is likely going to be stolen at some point in your life. Yep. So I would get it. I love it. You get, go to surfshark.deals slash casual preppers and try it out. Awesome. Thanks, Cam. They always have some um, deals, but I'm they telling do. you, our casual prepper code works. I've one. tried it. I signed up for it. Mm-hmm. I paid 60 bucks. Yep. And like I use it all the time at work. And when I was at the airport, when I traveled to San oh, Francisco, yeah. I, I turned it on first thing. Absolutely. My wife. She probably lost everything. Yeah, she, she, so. yeah, she doesn't have an identity anymore. Yeah. No. So, Cam, let's talk about those finances because this, again, is a very important thing that yeah. gets overlooked very frequently as, for preppers. It gets overlooked just in general. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we talked a little bit about the emergency fund, and that's where this kind of falls into play. Mm-hmm. One, we want everybody to, you know, live a good life, be yeah. wealthy, but it doesn't mean you need to be rich. It just mm-hmm. means that you need to be financially secure. of Americans can't handle an unexpected $500 emergency. That's crazy, That's scary. That scares me so bad. Like I was saying, I know people that, like, if their check doesn't go in on the Mm -hmm. day they expect it to, they're, like, in a pinch. They're like, maybe I can't get enough gas at rent. Don't be in that situation. Look, man, that is just no way to go through your life. No. And it it doesn't take much. It just a little bit of discipline. Oh, my gosh. Because then you're, like, watching, you know, am I going to get a bonus? You know, and we all like that. But it's, like, it's not as big of a deal. When you're financially secure. And look, I get it. I've been there. Yeah, I I've too. been there where the money is so tight that it's so hard to just to get through. But you just have to have like a ton. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have a budget and you got to stick to it. You do. That's the only way to do it. It and, sucks. Yeah. And we have the curse of credit. Yep. Like it's a great thing, mm-hmm. but it's a super dangerous thing. It sure is. And so you got to be careful with that. But... Focusing primarily on financial security with an emergency fund is is where I would spend most of your time. Sure, yeah. Because you don't know. Um, your car could break down. You could lose your job. The things that are more realistically, the, the, the more realistic things in life that we're going to face are where your money's going to have to come into play. Mm-hmm. Not to mention if there's a big, you know, EMP or some weird thing, yeah. and then you can't use credit cards. That's yeah. another scary deal. For sure. So an emergency fund would be something that's readily available that you can get it like you're it's not all in a card or cryptocurrency or something you yeah know? yeah it's something that's accessible and you can use it on the spot or as quickly you know as you need to mm-hmm. this is where it gets a little bit tricky and this is a lot for some but 
an emergency fund should be something that can at least support you for three months. Yeah. If you're not having any so, income. I don't follow this. I don't have that much Ideally in cash. Ideally six months. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot ton. of cash, dude. Yeah. I don't have that much. That's a huge amount. I don't even have close to that much. Half of a year. I'm not going to lie. Our, no, no. <laughs> it's one of the yeah. hardest things. But I would say, like, shoot for the three months. But if you can at least get, like, you know, a thousand bucks. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. ahead of almost... That's over fifty percent of people. The hard part is so that's the hard part with having that much cash for me is the is um inflation will kill you. It will. That's the only thing that scares yeah. me. You have to be investing to keep ahead of inflation. Unless it's right. like seven percent right now. Your emergency fund has to adjust. Yeah. Too. You're gonna have to adjust that. So so just do what's best for you, but you have to have cash on hand. Right. You have to. You do. And yeah, because everybody's like, you know, SHTF cash is going to be, you know, worthless. That's not true. No, that's going to take a long time yeah, until you're be people months down don't the road. consider that a value, you know, yeah. an asset or a. But um, an emergency fund. My 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 goal for everybody would be like work on five hundred dollars. That's great. And then yeah. beyond that, go mm-hmm. to a thousand, and then start looking. Okay, what? How much money do we need? You got to go through all of your costs, like. Your cell bill, your house bill, your food, your your groceries. That's why the budget does come into play. Like I try to, um, I try to go back and look at my expenditures and see, like you know, what what are essential and what do can I not avoid? I have to mm-hmm. pay my mortgage. I have to pay my car payment. Yeah, and then you can see, like in a month's time, like how much is is required just to like stay living mm-hmm. versus your uh, basically the things the bills that you have to pay. right yeah um but yeah shooting for that thousand that puts you ahead of most people and having that available something that you can like go okay i can use 20 50 i have it stored away somewhere safe mm-hmm. and don't put it all in one spot no and also don't count on it like staying safe in your home like you want to have it protected from elements yeah like i try to keep it in a location hopefully you know i don't always have it in a safe but I, you don't want to have it all in one place because no. you could lose it all at once. But yeah. that'd be my biggest thing with financial is don't get in debt. Don't get in debt to prep and then start working on an emergency fund starting with 500, move to 1,000, and then look at your your cost day to day Yes, and see how much it's going to take to get to a three-month goal. So anything else to add to that? Um, no. I oh, think- I guess on the, on the end here, I had something else that I kind of – yeah, I was wondering if you're going to go into that. Yeah, the documents. So, um, when you've got your financial planning all side, you got to remember that like life insurance and documents, birth certificates, mm. social security cards, all that stuff kind of I put I I lump it into your financial plan because it's all important documents that are going to come back to you that you need. So, yes. keeping those safe along with your emergency fund in like a fireproof safe is hugely Critical. important. And I back things up and you put them on jump drives and you also encrypt those and you put them in a safe because you could lose tons of stuff just like that in a, in a home fire. Yep. Um, and so take pictures of things, store them safely. I have copies of copies. I have hard drives, um, stored away of like backup photos of family. And then I, I, I have pictures of my credit cards so that if I lose them or they get stolen, I can immediately grab a backup paper that has the numbers to call to cancel them. Those are all important parts of like financial security and just, you know, general security that yeah. I wanted to throw in there. That's critical. Super critical. Yeah. So that, that's a big one. Financial documents, all those things. Huge. This one's not quite as critical, but it is something you want to look at. Cooking, food prep supplies, 
Um, you know, sometimes when you get into an emergency situation, your normal methods of cooking, they're just not going to be available. Yeah. Maybe the gas is out, maybe the electricity is out. So you have to have a way to, to continue to feed your family and cause most of the times you have to cook, right? Yeah. And so you have to have several alternate methods to cook heat and, and maybe just heat water, whatever you got to do to make this food. So, you know, thinking about having a regular propane barbecue grill is a great start. You know, um, and then have you know an extra propane bottle on hand at all times. You could go weeks. Yeah, you can cooking with that. Um, and it's safe. It's outside. Um, it's easy. You've done it before, so that's a great <laughs> thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, also having like a smaller camp stove with those smaller propane bottles is another good way. Uh, everybody usually has though. I mean, camping gear. If is, you're a camper, like, yeah, and you should get, get in. Like sure. camping gear was going to make a lot of this. Yeah, fall into it's place. great prepper gear, right? And so that those are great. You know, having a way to start a fire in your backyard and cook if you have to. Yeah. You could cook over a campfire in the backyard. You know, but if you don't have something to start a fire, if you don't know how to start a fire, good luck. I don't know what you're going to yeah. do. You got to figure it out. Uh, and last thing I would say in this category is having some extra seasonings and oil and cooking supplies on hand when those might not be available. Like we've had, we had some of those issues I during did. the pandemic. And it was weird. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, I felt embarrassed. Yeah. It's, it's weird, huh? We wanted to, like, we, we started cooking some bread, and I, like, had two packets of dry yeast. And, that was and after it. that, I couldn't it was get over. any. Took, like, yeah. two months to get it mm -hmm. here in town. So, uh, just be thinking about those things that you you cook regularly. Make sure you have all that on hand. And seasonings are just a huge thing to yeah. have uh, because, you know, if it gets into a long-term mess of HDF, meat, you're going to yeah. want pepper all. <laughs> you want McCormick. A little seasonal on there, you're going to be fine. Yeah. So. Montreal steak seasoning goes yeah. a long way. Yep. So, think about that. Yeah. Um, lighting is a huge, uh, comfort, um, mm. <laughs> you know, power outages, uh, like that's like probably one of the most vulnerable systems that we have is our power grid. Yeah. Like it, it's going to storms or, um, pandemic stuff, people not working, you're going to lose power mm. and you're going to want to have lighting to, you know, to get around, to be safe, to also, it's just comforting to have our house lights. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I, I just put in here like the three things, the three types that I would focus on is a handheld like flashlight, mm -hmm. a headlamp so that you can work with both hands or yeah. get around without holding a flashlight and then options to light your home. That's yeah. just, you know, a lantern or the BioLite has one of the most amazing systems. Yeah. Um, what is it? Six, the solar home 620. Yeah. It's just, um, it's I have it in my shed charges by solar. Mm -hmm. The sun goes out, we're all dead. So you're going to get charged from that. So having solar powered um, lamps and, and flashlights and yeah. the BioLite one's great because you could just, you could light up a whole room and you don't have to charge it because it just charges each day by exactly. the sun. Um, consider building like a blackout box. Yeah. Light's going to go out. Power's going to go out. It almost always happens at night, it seems. And to know where those items are so that you can, you know, get some light on, find your kids, find your family, make sure everybody's safe. Building a blackout box is huge, and that has, like, you know, flashlights in it. It's something that I have under my bed. Mm -hmm. um, and other things is, you know, long-term power outage. You got flashlights that charge by solar or crank. You have candles. There's survival candles, those oil ones. You can yep. do an old-fashioned um, kerosene lamp. Yeah, kerosene yeah. lantern. Um, lighters, batteries, battery charge like the little battery pack backups mm -hmm. um yeah we're and i like the little that. solar the solar generator i use mine all the time the ones that are like um there's just a huge dry battery you know yep they're yep. like ten thousand milliamps or twenty thousand. 
those things are huge and having lighting just makes everybody more comfortable and safe. Yep. So, um, it's, it's definitely a big focus for a prepper to have ability to kind of turn the lights back on. And so then when you, when we talk about a power outage, that's a great way to talk to segue into energy because you have to have power in a situation where there is none available from regular sources, especially in some cases it can be life-saving for you. So if the power goes out in the dead of winter and you can't heat your house, what are you going to do? Right. You have to have power in some way to do this. Also, you know, you could lose all your refrigerated or frozen food in these situations. And just keeping your devices charged is going to be a gigantic benefit for you and your entire family. So work to get some ways to power charge and run the devices that you need. A generator is a key prep, um, but uh, it's expensive and it might not be feasible right away. So you might have to go in incremental steps. Maybe you need a small battery backup bank. You know what I mean? Uh, like you have the Rock Pals um, little power station yeah. thing, right? Those mm-hmm. are great. Yeah. Um, little battery backups and they Jackery, can run stuff. Any type. Jackery, yep. Um, BioLite makes them. Uh, Goal Zero makes them. They all make them. Those are great. Um, you can get small devices that will hold a charge and can power or recharge your phones, like the Survival Frog one that we've got. That is that one's so awesome. It's awesome. It's solar and it, it can just you can be USB all those things. So you have to have a, a way to charge your phones, your tablets, your radios, all those types of things. Find one that uses solar. Like I said, it's going to be even that much better if you can. So get a plan for energy in some way, shape, or form to power the things that you have to have. Yeah. Um, and you start small. Again, just start with a little, you know, like Cam said, 10,000 milliamp thing that can charge your phones. Yeah. That's a great Most start. Most of them have a light in them. Exactly. You, know, you just turn on. Yep. But like, and, and all of us have used solar power devices. Mm-hmm. You usually have to leave it in the sun for two and a half years yeah. to charge all the way up. Absolutely. But you're glad you have it. Yeah, you have something. But having, like you said, you'd mentioned a variety of ways mm-hmm. to, to make the power. Um, Fire and heat. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked. If there's ever a pan or, or, or there's ever an SHTF, it's either going to be middle of July, August, or it's going to be in the middle of January. Yep, it's going to be the two most extremes of weather. Yep, depending on where you live. But for us, I'm, I know it's going to be one of those two. So, um, speak like focusing on like winter right now. Mm-hmm. I'm always worried of like losing power because our house like has zero insulation. <laughs> <It> seems <laughs> like so you need ways to, to like be able to stay warm, to be able to cook and be, um, to do those things in a safe environment indoors. Yep. Lighters are dirt cheap. You can buy a pack of like 700 for, Nothing. what is it? There's like a five pack for like five bucks. Yeah. It's like a dollar a lighter. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be, you know, using flint and steel in the living room. Like, especially we as have a such beginner prepper, <laughs> yeah. just get your lighters. Yeah. Just have a way to easily start a fire. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Zippo. Because I'm they dry either. out all the time. Yeah. They're great in the wind, but for at home, just get a cheap lighter. Mm-hmm. Buy some Bix. You can get them at the dollar store. Have waterproof matches and, and just have any kind of match form. That's where I am um, a proponent of Zippo. Oh, the, they're uh, so good. The Zippo, um, what are they called? I can't remember now. Uh, typhoon match or some weird thing. Typhoon match kit. Yeah, That's typhoon like, match kit. Yep. Those suckers, like, they're, they're awesome. They're a piece of dynamite. Yeah. Like, it's like a fuse. Yeah, man. But yeah, like Zippo lighters, I know if you're a big fan, fine, but they dry out all yep. the time. It drives me nuts. Um, and you want to have ways to like start a fire. Mm-hmm. So some kindling, I always try to get some firewood. I don't even have a fire, I don't even have a, a wood stove or I anything, no. but I'm like, if I have to start a fire in a fire pit outside, I at least have 
something, something. instead of pulling yep. my walls down to start yeah. burning. <laughs> start pulling the garage wall down. <laughs> yeah. We got us today. Warm, my wife's kids. bench. I broke one of yours. I could have burned that one. <laughs> you probably could have. Yeah, taking the bed down tonight, darling. <laughs> we gotta keep warm. Mattress. <laughs> We're just going to have the mattress only. Give me your undies. We're going to use it as kindling. all these plaques. They're going in first. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you want some fuel to burn. Uh, yeah. Wood-burning stoves are awesome if you can install them and have them. Yeah. A Mr. Buddy yes. propane. I still want to, I need to get one. Mm-hmm. But that sucker's safe indoors. Uses a tiny propane can. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent thing to have for backup heat and, and safety. And then back to, like, the cooking supplies and the food preparation – you're probably going to be cooking indoors, yeah. and so you want to have safe ways to do that. And there's there's a variety of ways. You can have a solo stove that you can. I mean, obviously, you're not going to start a fire in the house, but no. um, it's it's a lot harder when you can't use your stovetop that's glass yep. and electric. Like mm-hmm. you don't have any other way. So you want to have some propane grills, like you said. You want to have a solo stove that you can cook with sticks and you know bark out mm-hmm. in the out in your yard. A BioLite camp stove. Um, that one's pretty sweet because yeah. it's like a blowtorch charges the battery. You can charge your phone off from it, yep. but just have a variety of ways to, to heat the home. Um, I never throw away blankets because, uh, I guess I'm focused on fire here. So I'll get back to that. No, that's good. But that's like, good you know, I don't, we always have blankets cause to keep warm and to minimize having to use the yeah. you know, fuel to keep us warm. And then when it gets to that point, you have all these different things. So just focus on ways of things to burn, how how to keep warm when the power's out, and um, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. I agree. So an, a big um, action item in any emergency is communication. It's like it's key for survival. It's key for preparedness. So the first step in this is always the emergency plan, and it doesn't feel like it's communication, but it really is. Your emergency plan is going to spell out, you know, true. how how you're going to communicate during a crisis. That's one what of the biggest language things. What language you're going to use? Spanish, probably. <laughs> it's probably going to be Russian. Probably. When it comes down to it, North Korean. Um, the first line of comms is obviously it's your cell phone. A, a lot of preppers, they don't like to talk about their cell phone. I know. They don't exist. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? They do. Yeah. And 99% <laughs> of the time, you're going to be using that. This is that. one right here. Yeah, he's getting a call right now. It's working. I am. Um, so, obviously have those available at times and keep them charged and have a way to charge them if they die. That is your first line of communication all the time. It's huge. You have yeah. to keep it going. Um, other lines of comms you can start to work on are like two-way radio. But it's funny because it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. There's like people that if they lose their cell phone, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they can even talk. Oh, yeah, like They don't sure. even yeah, know yeah. how to communicate. Yeah. And then ones that are like, don't use your cell phone. Yeah. It's like, why? It's readily available. So It's the best way to communicate yeah. right now. So focus on it, but don't have it as your primary. Yeah. yeah. But then you have to have different ways. You know, two-way radios, CB radios, ham radio, all those different things are different things that you can start to work on, but they aren't your initial starting point. It's always your cell phone, so have a way to keep that going as much as possible. So after cell phones... I believe that the next important communication method is your emergency radio. Have one that has a three-way charging, solar battery, and crank, because they are super important. If all the other communication methods fail, usually the radio is going to be going, and it's going to be giving you very important information that you're going to need. So have one of those. Um, the next easiest thing you can do, and it comes back to your phone. If anything, is, we'll be broadcasting a podcast over it. the air. I guarantee it. Just like them fall out, you know, the mm-hmm. game. We're going to have us. that radio station at the top of mm-hmm. It's going to happen. That'd be awesome. Um, Emergency apps on your phone. They're so easy and they are so effective and they're so useful. 
Um, early communication when an event is coming or is happening, it's so important to keep you prepared and safe. Uh, the first thing you can do is sign up with your local emergency management offices. They usually have an app that they use that they'll send out um, any emergency local information. Threats and stuff. Yeah, local threats. That's where you want to start. But then you can move on to apps like FEMA or Red Cross. They have great apps that are going to alert you when there's bad storms coming. Um, other natural disasters, pandemics, other major events that are hitting your area. Yeah. It is so important and it's so easy and it's free. Do it. Yeah. If you're starting out with preparedness, that is a great place to start. Some of you may be geniuses and remember all the stuff, but yeah. we, we can't all do No, that. absolutely not. But just getting you those, have that device in your hand. Yeah. Getting those early alerts when things are happening, super important. It is. So it work is. on that. Um, I kind of lumped a few things in here with health, hygiene, sanitation, health and i also included a medical kit mm. so this is where you're, you're want you're wanting to do your own medicine at home one number one like we talked about already is you want to be healthy to where you're going to avoid a lot of these things yes uh-huh. but you still got to take a poop still got to pee yeah you still got bo you know mm-hmm. you're still a human so you've got to keep yourself clean and that equals health yeah um feminine hygiene products toilet paper Plastic bags for waste and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know if it's going to be a pandemic to where you're throwing up all over. Um, so ways to dispose of that and keep it away from everybody else. Yep. Five-gallon buckets are awesome because you can put a bag in them, poop in them, get them filled up, tie them off. Yeah, throw Cam them, loves doing Throw that. them out in the neighbor's yard. Cam does it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Saving all water. I've been water. pooping in five-gallon buckets my whole life. Yeah. Um, cat litter is a great uh, mm-hmm. product to have around if you don't have a cat, but to have a bag of that or just the shop you know, uh, absorbent crap that's basically cat litter. Mm-hmm. That's always nice because if, you you know, all of your puke and pooping everywhere, just sprinkle some of that on, absorb it it's up. all good. Scoop it up. Um, laundry soaps. And Kobe's been doing this for a long time where they have empty uh, detergent containers. They'll just fill it up with tap water and boom, you've got... That stuff's so concentrated. Yeah, man. It's like cleans like you could probably clean yeah. seven hundred more loads with just the residue just in keep the bottle. Refilling it and it's gonna still have soap in it. Yeah. It's crazy. So you're storing some water to wash with and mm-hmm. it's already um got a bunch of soap in it. Yep. Clorox mm-hmm. is an excellent item to have to sterilize, you know, if there's blood, you know, we got murder, something like that. But yeah. no, like blood is is toxic. It's it's a biohazard. So you want something to neutralize it. Clorox is excellent. Also good for viruses and everything else on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of uh, Clorox. Toothpaste, toothbrush, you want to keep your teeth healthy, strong. You don't want to have a dental issue in the middle of a uh, SHTF. Yeah, you think Be it's the worst thing expensive the now to go to the dentist? Yeah. Wait till the middle of <laughs> World War III. Serious. Serious. Yeah. We don't have any crown material. Yeah. So we're using pure diamonds. Yeah, it's going to work. It'll be costly for you. You're going to have to cut off your toes to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, consider the things that you use daily to get ready for work or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, your deodorants, a baby powder, <laughs> things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and stock up on those supplies, keep them unopened and stored in, down with your food supply. And onto the medical kit, you want to get a good first aid kit that's uh, useful. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them out there. They're cheap. Uh, the Band-Aids are just like stickers. Yeah, and bad stickers. The best thing you can do is spend a little time not, like, I would try your hardest to build your own kit. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you need to be buying, like, a bone saw and, you know, IV fluids and all that. 
just a basic medical kit a with tartan quality IV. spice. Like what? A tartan IV. <laughs> Hurry, a tartan <laughs> IV. Inside um, joke. Yeah. Uh, the uh, like the cloth bandages. Mm. Typically, people aren't allergic, to, you know, because they're non latex. But even people with adhesive issues, I've found, don't tend to be bothered as much by the cloth bandages. And they're awesome. Yeah. They're like flexible and For they stay sure. on through, yeah. you know, rain and showers and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But stock it up with good supplies like that. Um, you also want to get the available over-the-counter meds ready to go now. Get a bottle of Tylenol, allergy meds, ibuprofen, stomach, constipation. The things that you Cam's can deal with at home. That is, I take them all before I go to the restaurant. He Every does. one of those. He does. And he, it that's does. not a joke. And it's not. It's and not it, a honestly, joke. if I take an allergy medicine, um, I take an allergy med, I take an omeprazole, and oh I gosh. take a. I'm, this isn't medical advice. Yeah. This is just what you do. This is man's advice. Yeah. Um, I do it, and I have not had any issues. Obviously, I have some kind of food allergy, but this protects me. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to do the Pepsid omeprazole allergy med combo, go it, for it. It may help you. Yeah. Uh, but. Doing it yourself, you know what's in there. You know how many of of what item you have. It you know you're you're adding gauze, you're adding ointments, you're adding ace bandages. You know their expiration. So yeah. that's the, that's the thing I think is most important here is build your own medical kit um, with just basic supplies that you can get over the counter every day, mm-hmm. and just put it all together, keep it in a safe place, add it to your sanitation and health supplies. So I love it. Um, and often overlooked action item is entertainment um a lot of time during an emergency yes you're gonna spend time waiting or hunkering down you have to keep your spirits up your minds occupied and especially if you have children oh yeah this is gonna go really quick i'm not gonna do too much on this but if the power is out for an extended period and you can't keep devices charged you're gonna need alternate methods of keeping entertained so think about things like books board games card games sports balls musical instruments all those (laughs) things right just something to keep yourself how many sports balls yeah i got nine is that enough (laughs) yeah that's good okay uh so just think about things that can keep you occupied during those long days just hanging out waiting for the pandemic to kill everybody off you know what i mean so it's miserable for us as adults when they don't have things to do yeah and then just like if the the power's out for three hours or four hours you gotta have something to do yeah and so just have those things because if you can't throw on netflix uh oh, what am I gonna do? So you gotta have something. Okay. No, I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, clothing, weather preps. Uh, like I said, you're gonna probably run into an issue in, in the extremes of weather. Yeah. So you wanna have ways to counter that. You wanna have, like just the other day, our kids wanted to go play out in the snow and there isn't a glove that fits one of our kids. Oh, yeah, for so sure. So it's like crap. What if we had to, like, you have to put socks bug on out? Hands. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you have good clothing for all of your family. You know, the hand-me-down coat that's torn open and half of the cotton's hanging out the Mm -hmm. back. Like, you want to have good, you know, not high dollar, but good, well-built winter clothes. And then have a good change of clothes in case it's in the middle of the summer. Like, Mm -hmm. you want to have these in in bags or ready to go so that you can counter the the nasty weather that might be thrown at you. Um, Layering is always good for winter, so you multiple things there. Most of us have all this stuff, but you just want to have it organized. Like, yeah. I, I've told the story about we had like a 72 hour bag, and I got in there. <laughs> it's like yeah. like a midriff, like sweater. <laughs> that, it's like, I'm like, well, who put this in there? Everlast. You want to go through it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Jabot jeans. Yeah. Why do we put these? Shoes that don't British fit. Knights. I I think I had like skater like DC shoes yeah. that were gonna be my bug out shoes. I'm like, come on. Good luck. 
But um, proper footwear, yeah. good clothing, and then blankets and tents. Those are one thing that's really nice. If you if you end up stranded in your own home, power outage, you want to consolidate and and stay in one room. Yeah, tents are nice. You just pop them up. You've got some protection to trap heat in, and it's comfortable and it's fun. Yeah, I don't ever throw away blankets. My wife's always wanting to do that, and I'm like, nope, throw it in the trailer. Yep. You can always you can't have enough blankets because you can cover windows mm-hmm. if it's if it's blowing and you're worried about the window busting and breaking. Like you have a, a blanket in front yep. of it, it's going to protect all that glass from blowing in your face. Yep. Um, plus, it's going to look abandoned. Nobody's going to attack that house. Heck no. Can even make rooms with blankets. You know? uh, heck yeah, awesome! You can make forts. Yep, so fun. Uh huh. Um, having like a roll of Visqueen, I've been meaning to buy this, but yeah. those are always nice to trap heat in one area. You know, construction plastic, basically yes. yep. blocks drafts, and it's great can, for a pandemic. Yeah, as quarantine well. people, yeah, quarantine room. And then, um, yeah. So I mean, these are things that we all have, but but organizing them and knowing what mm-hmm. you have and knowing that you have stuff that fits, that's comfortable that can be, you know, thrown on if you have to leave your house and stuff like that in totally the middle agree. of the winter. Yeah, that's good stuff. So in my opinion, one of of the most useful things I've done in preparedness is EDC, everyday carry. Um, this is basically gear that you have with you every single day. You might not use it every day, but you have it with you every day, right? Um, so typical EDC items are knives, watches, you know, your phone, maybe it's a first aid kit, flashlights, fire starting gear like a lighter or something like that water even food usb chargers um water filters masks gloves uh tactical pens are really um popular with edc you know even paper you know your wallet your keys and a multi-tool those are kind of like you know the basics um this is stuff that you can carry on you or you can put it in a pack somewhere that you keep near you or on you i do a little bit of both on these i have a larger edc pack that i keep in my vehicle all the time that way seriously if anything goes on yeah all i have to do is throw that on my back and i know like i'm pretty good like i got stuff i'm good the bag that i bring to work has most of my edc in it yeah exactly and it's it's just being conscious of the things that you're taking with you all the time in case an emergency happens right whatever that emergency might be you know you're going to be the guy that has the stuff to help yeah you know whether it's a first aid kit or a multi-tool or you know a knife to cut open a box you have it you're ready (laughs) to go right so um you know for me i always have a knife on me i always have a wallet and phone obviously so be thinking about EDC because to me it's one of the top things that has been most useful for me with preparedness. Yeah, um, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but um, there is make it, it a priority. You have to start doing it to realize like what's yeah. useful to you. Mm-hmm. Like I've carried so many different things and found this is yeah. too much and this is too yep. little. Like you just have to play with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's Playing with said. it always helps. Mm-hmm. Playing with it. Um, the last item here is kind of a. Include all of the like more hardcore prepper stuff, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Taking your EDC into more specific kits, like the bug out bag, the yeah. get home bag, and also your get your your vehicle in general. Um, yeah, the vehicle, or an inch bag. The vehicle to me is again probably the next after EDC useful. I think so too. That's probably you know the what next I mean. Thing we should talk about uh, like in this group sure. of like more. Um, the bug out vehicle doesn't necessarily need to be you know a tank it would be awesome yeah. if you could get something like that that's more off-road but in in reality it's probably your honda pilot yeah your you, daily your driver family drives around but what's important about that is you want to make sure there's no engine lights on you want to take yeah. care of those things now if you have poor tires and you're getting close like change them now oil changes regularly 
make sure you try and keep at least a half tank yeah. and, and and more because uh, the gas tanks they, they always there's always a run on those at some point at the dude, gas stations it's just like an everyday thing too like i love my wife but she has a hard time with it yeah she just does and it's like the other day we had to go do a bunch of stuff <laughs> she's skipping this part right i know now. she she's is like and she had like 19 miles left and i'm like bro <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we had all these things we had to go do, so we had to take It's time. always when you're going to take a trip to, like, yeah. you know, or uh, yeah. uh, to the Wasatch Front. You're like, now I got stuff. Well, it's like I had to drop my daughter off at her play, and then we had, like, 20 minutes. We had to run and get food, and we had to go do this, and it was, like, quick. And so we had to take a trip to the gas station because there was no fuel. It, 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 so it's just, like, it's not necessarily yeah. SHTF. It's just, like... It's convenient. The last thing you want to be doing is yeah. sitting at the gas station filling up yeah, so when do everybody's it, panicking. Yeah, do it when it's convenient so that like your everyday life is easier on yeah. yourself too. Yeah. You know and I, mean? I always have I always have at least five gallons mm-hmm. of gas at home. Yeah, for that sure. That I can fill up if we have if to you or had throw to. it in the back. Yep. Um so making sure that all the maintenance is done, it's it's something that's reliable. Mm-hmm. You, you take care of the problems when they show up. And then having some tools and backup stuff to keep that vehicle running Yes, when you don't have access to the stores and all that. That's, so that's super, huge. that's a big deal, having it's, all it's, those tools. I mean, it's your portable home. Like you, yeah. like, you need to have that thing teed up for all the survival that you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and battery backup, like a, a jumper, you got to have mm-hmm. that in there too. And, and so... Those things are huge. Um, and when you when you talk preppers, like if, if, if this is new to you, like bug out bags are a huge topic. Mm-hmm. And those are like your 72-hour portable ready-to-go bag that has not only 72 hours of food and water, but it has 72 hours of gear, some change of clothes. It's something that you're going to bug out, get away from any risk that there is, mm-hmm. and stay away for, you know, 72 hours, up to five days or so. But things that are like convenient for you to live wherever or get to wherever yeah like maybe you're going 300 miles to a safe place that you're going to travel but you want to have a bag that has all that stuff in there in mm-hmm. case your vehicle breaks down and you have to walk and this this would be i mean there's a lot that goes into this oh, just yeah. basics of like a knife fire starter comms shelter lighting it's more than just your you know food supply that you're going to throw in your yeah. vehicle maps cordage ways to build a little bit of a shelter um that's a whole, that's a whole nother episode. But once you've got these other things ahead that we talked about, like the food, the water, the home, the financial security, then you start working on these mm-hmm. bigger items. And then even more beyond that, as you go into an inch bag, that's one that, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I'm never coming home bag, way more detail, one that you're going to live off from, you know, out in the wilderness or out in a bug out location for much longer and it, it's just step by step. You, you just have yeah. to kind of go on the little things that are more likely to happen. And then you can start getting into these funner, like, yeah, gear like items. an inch bag as a new prepper. I wouldn't even worry about it. Don't, but it is something to work towards if you yeah. want to. Once I, those other things are done and you yeah. don't know what to do, that's when you start yeah. working on these things. I think a get home bag would probably be better. Yeah, I didn't mention it after in the vehicle um, thing, after like your bug out bag and your, your EDC kit. Yeah, the get home bag is because, like, we were saying, Kobe has a, a little bit more sophisticated EDC bag yeah. in his vehicle. But we also have the vehicle bag that's like if you get stranded in your vehicle mm-hmm. and you're having to like stay in there for a while, it has all those items kind of like you would have in your 72-hour kit at home. Mm-hmm. You know, some food, some water, some snacks, some um, gear, first fire starter kit, kit first mm-hmm. aid kit, maps, cordage. So you just build on these things. Yeah. The most important is like work on that 72-hour, then two-week 
and including all these items that yeah. we've talked about. And then you can get onto these like more intense, like yeah. bigger bags and bigger prepper items and bunkers and nuclear survival. That's it. <laughs> yes. That, that's kind of the checklist that we, we've got for you guys. And I think, you know, it's just, it's a great place to start. And then again, like we said, even if you're not a new prepper, if you're an old prepper, go through these. I'm going through all this. Go through these every year. Make yeah. sure that they're all, you know, locked down and you're good to go. If they're not, hey, make your plan to to get through it and make it better, you know? So that is the new prepper checklist. Uh, but today's Check. podcast is brought to you by TacPack, the only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional grade stuff inside. Use our code Casual Preppers and get a free separate bag sent of EDC gear along with your first month's TacPack. Head to TacPack.com. Use our code Casual Preppers. Luckily enough, we have a TacPack to talk about today. Um, so let's look at the latest box and what it includes. The first item in the TacPack box is the Aeronox M Lock Foregrip. Cam was playing with this earlier. It's so cool. It's just yeah, it's, a teeny little box. Yep. It's a cute little gift. $60 value. Stocking stuff. $60 value. No kidding. You've already got your value in that one item. Black hard anodized. Yeah. Aeronox field pins. It's a $35 value, uh, which is cool. And then we have the bad trigger guard, which is a $25 value. Like, I don't know how they do this for they, 50 bucks. I don't know either. I'm not sure how they're doing Either it. Do they have a whole company that copies everything? Which yeah. I know they don't because these are all brand stuff. And then we have the Mechanics Fast Fit Black Gloves. I mean, you can't ever have enough gloves. I love all these. Little, that, again, like, is great for a vehicle kit. Yeah. Those are the, great. Yeah, perfect. That's actually what I have. In my and then we have the, the Super SE free subscription. This is the Gray Man briefing, which is kind of cool. It's basically, um, it gives you awareness to, and, um, situational awareness for these emerging threats that are coming so you kind of get like a daily brief on things that are happening throughout it's kind of like a mad mad world but every single day that's just kind of cool right i'm gonna do it for the podcast i know Start we're gonna do it all of our advice from right from gray, gray man, man briefing. briefing it's great and, and wesley's a great guy over there at super se and gray man briefing um he's working with us on another project we have coming up which we haven't announced yet right cameron that's true we're excited about but guys thank you so much that's what we have today um actually it's time for the <laughs> quick and dirty medical tip yeah i'll go over this real quick okay so um we talk about getting like meds over the counter mm. your prescription meds there's just some like key things i wanted to mention on here okay if you have the ability like a lot of insurances force you into getting medications sent to you you know 90 yes, day supplies yeah. you go through OptumRx or whatever mm -hmm. um we all know what goes on with the shipping yeah we wish we did actually but like it's not always taken care of very well right um a 90, 1995 FDA study found that a standard black mailbox can reach 136 degrees in the summer heat. Hey, cook an so egg in there almost, if man. your medicine's sitting in there, its degradation is like accelerated wow. by yeah. 100. So, um, but storing your meds properly, and I, I'm not going to talk about the details of like storing the like yeah. fish antibox and that, but it, but you want to like focus on the things that break them down. Mm -hmm. Heat obviously destroys medications. So you want to be cool low light areas lights the next thing that deg degrades medications excessive exposure to sun or even just like um having it in an area that heats up because the sun's just pounding on it like it's always good to store it in dark cool places mm -hmm. humidity um medicines they they either dry out and that can degrade them or the worst is humidity and you know they're so temperamental states are around yeah gosh yeah it's like yeah, I'm going there. Everything has um, to be just so. It has to be perfect. Yeah. But 
um, proper storage means most medications um, are going to last much longer, even beyond their expiration date. Again, this isn't medical advice, but in a pinch, if you don't, like, I'm going to take expired mm-hmm. uh, ibuprofen. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be toxic. No, I take it all the time, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked, we've, we've talking. We talk and talk. We've talked about, like, this is quite a while ago, but um, most medications don't become toxic. They just become ineffective. Yeah. They lose their potency. And so if you have no other means of getting them and this is all that you have available, it's likely not going to be toxic. Yeah. And so if it's stored properly, and there's some some medicines you'll know, like liquids, obviously you don't want to mess with those. Yeah. Once they're expired, they're definitely not going to be healthy. If it's you know, a life-sustaining medication, you probably don't want to be taking a week when you want to find a way to get something stronger. But if you have nothing else and somebody's sick and you don't have, you know, and you have an old bottle of antibiotics that have been stored away, they're likely not to be, most of them are not toxic. They've yeah. done studies on this. This I would is say, not medical advice. Avoid the tetracyclines. They become like toxic and rancid. Mm. Um, beyond that, like blood pressure, pain medication, stuff like that, it just weakens, but it, but it's still safe. So hmm. anyways, Find a nice place like that's away from the sun, that's away from heats. Like a lot of times they're stored like in a bathroom and that's not the best place because humidity, you know, gets that's through true, all the huh? cracks and stuff like that. Um, it's through all you your can, cracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can store it down in a cool spl- place, in a cool place in the uh, basement mm. that's not, you know, vulnerable to excessive like i have a little food pantry area down there and i think all of the cold comes in underneath my front patio yeah and it's like it'll freeze all that crap Mm. so it's just take the time to think of a good storage place for medicines that aren't necessarily going to become toxic but they'll quickly become yeah almost useless so nice anyways let's touch on some of those things but if you have meds shipped to you try and do it overnight and try and make sure you don't leave it out in the mailbox. Yeah, it's a good idea. Out to the vulnerable. I haven't really thought about that. Crap. So anyway, there you go. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Cameron. Um, and I hope all you new preppers are gonna get after it and get prepared this year. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. Merry Christmas. Everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Stay survived. <laughs> <laughs>